Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing. I am Tim Diesel. And today I want to talk about the state of the uh, real estate market and the uh, specifically commercial real estate. So let's get into that a little bit because I know there's a lot of concern. A lot of investors are wondering what to do next. They think the crash is here. And I kind of want to uh, cover a couple different points and probably shed some light on the issue. So if you want to get more information, obviously, uh, go to www.dieselcommercial.com. And I've got articles I put up there. And um, I took February and March of 2020. I took those off. I was actually uh, starting a title company because back in October, uh, we were closing deals. And I have noticed a lot of these investors were flat out getting screwed uh, from these title companies and these attorneys that are closing these deals. It was outrageous. So um, I just took it upon myself to say, okay, enough is enough. And I could not shop and find the best company because not every title company knows how to do owner financing, double closings. You're really limited. So I had to, there's really not too many title companies that are geared for investors. And that's not really a thing. So if you're a commercial broker, um, a lot of times you don't get to pick. I understand. Uh, if you're a seller, you're going to pick who you know. But when you start scrutinizing the fees that they're charging you for some of these deals, it's, it's outrageous. And especially attorneys, you do not need an attorney to close a commercial deal. That is a, I don't know where that came from. Uh, you can use a title company. And what I do is I contract out an attorney. I pay them $500 or $1,000 or whatever, the, the depends on the deal. And they just review the paperwork because that the lender wants to see an attorney involved. You do not have to close the deal with an attorney. That's absolutely not true. So if you look at some of their fees, it, it's not good at all. So a lot of sellers, they'll want to uh, reduce the commission. And why that's good bargaining. Hey, I uh, my hat goes off to you. That's definitely you want to negotiate. And um, it, it's, it's your right to. You might say, look, I don't want to pay 6%. I want to pay 5 or I don't want to pay 7 Whatever the case is, a lot of times you, you really aren't looking at a lot of the fees that are there at the end. So, and that's not very good. And they're, very not, they're not very transparent. So, yeah, if, if I can help you out with that, uh, definitely send me something. You don't have to e even use my services at all. If you have a statement and you're not sure about it, email it over to me and I'll review it for you. And I'll really try to tell you what fees should not be very high. And like I said, this is not even something I'm going to go out there and market like crazy. This is just a service I provided for investors, my investors, just so I know they're not getting taken advantage of. And I have talked about how every contract you do as a buyer, you ask to use your own closing company. And you'll have pushback and the seller might say something along the lines of, well, no, I'm paying for the owner's policy. The owner policy is going to be the same with every title company. That's absolutely not true. I mean, it's promulgated rates. They can't raise that price on you. So what you have to do is put it in your contract that I'm going to use my own title company or my fees are capped at $1,000 or whatever your no Depends on how big your deal is, obviously. And put that in there. So let them pick title if that's what they want. But say, look, I'm not paying more than $800 in fees. So this way, 
they know they can't take you to the cleaners on, on these deals. And uh, that should help you out. So I hope that, that could help somebody out if there's anybody there. Now, let's talk about where we are right now, in my opinion. So uh, I'm wrong all the time. This is just me trying to give you a little bit of value and a little bit of direction. So let's start with multifamily properties because that was kind of the hottest uh, thing for the last couple of years and everybody tried to buy more and you would notice these people, uh, and I should say syndicators, closing on two, 300 units and they think they got the great deal of a lifetime and they would really never tell you how much they paid per door. It would just be like, look, closed on a 200 unit building um, or, or whatever the case is. And that's great and well. So um, let's start with class A properties. So the argument could be made that uh, a person paying the premium rents is probably going to stay there because you're not going to lose a lot of those class A tenants. But what if they lose their jobs, right? So something like that could happen. Uh, It could be C properties, right? The lower end stuff. People always say, well, uh, maybe they don't want to... I don't know, move back home or, or whatever the case is. Um, whatever, whatever happens, it's it's your rents are going to be uh, reduced. Not in not in price of the rent necessarily. I mean your vacancy rate. You're not going to be at in the high ninety eights anymore, or uh, I shouldn't say anymore. But it's not going to be as easy to fill those units up because rents were low and they're driving up. Everybody wants the newest, latest thing. We get it. Um, as long as um, uh, you, you keep it somewhat stable, you're going to be okay. The challenge is a lot of the financing programs I've noticed are going away. And the secondary market on commercial real estate, uh, it, it's really not there anymore. So you're going to be limited to what you can do and a lot of uh, fun stuff that you can put together. So not to fear, there's always going to be ways, and, and I'll discuss them on, on other uh, episodes and tell you guys other creative stuff that I'm doing and you could use to take advantage of. So warehouse property, industrial, I, th- I think is still great. If you can get a good deal on it, get in there. Uh, we're always going to need warehouse space. Now office space, I have stressed before, office space is not ideal. And if you have office space anywhere in Florida, I can help you out. Let me know. I'll kind of give you guys my two cents if you want to hear it. And um, if you don't, that's fine too. Just be careful with office space because now people know they don't need to work out of an office building. They can work from home. Okay, so let's jump into retail. Retail's actually uh, one of my favorite uh, sectors. I, I mean, I'm, I'm crazy about it. And everybody says stay away from retail. And I don't know why they would make that statement because retail has a lot of potential just depending on what it is. Just because a lot of these businesses are closing down, it doesn't mean retail is going away forever. We're always going to need retail goods. Uh, there's always going to be a new business. People are always going to want to go to the movies and get their hair done and whatever the case is and go out and eat ice cream and food. And uh, Retail space is always going to be there. I think it's just going to be changed around a little bit. So a lot of shopping centers, you may not see five or six restaurants anymore. You might see a little mixture of, of, uh, of things in there. So that, that, could be, that could be a thing. Hotels probably got hurt real bad. Obviously, um, that was kind of going away. Whenever you see a, a crowd of people jumping into a certain thing because they, they believe that's the way to go, um, it can only run for so long. So 
all of us can't be right. Sooner or later, something's got to go the other way. And nobody knows when, of course, or any of that stuff. And now, moving forward, uh, I would say now this, obviously, in, in residential real estate, they're predicting the greatest foreclosures ever. And predictions are predictions. So you don't want to put too much on that. But right now, there's not a lot of foreclosures going on, even though people are missing their mortgages, right? They're missing their payments. And when I say right now, I mean April 2020. So we're going to be in summer in a couple months. And in two or three months, when you're allowed to foreclose on people and the forgiveness is gone and everything opens back up and we're all at work, well, it takes time to foreclose. It doesn't just happen overnight. Like you got to start the process and everything like that. So let's shoot for four to six months from now. So at the end of the year, now, by the end of the year, if we start seeing foreclosures come up and the way property goes down uh, pretty much all across the board is if five people in a neighborhood are selling a house for $100,000 and one guy cuts his price to $75,000, well, that alters the comparables a little bit, right? So if the banks have a flood of these properties, properties don't just drop overnight. It takes time. If you remember the last crash, 2008, 2009, it wasn't until 2011 that we were able to steal some of these properties. So if we're in 2020, you would really think 2022, something like that, maybe the end of 2021, um, that's kind of when your opportunity is going to be greatest, in my opinion. Uh, again, I could be wrong. Nobody really knows. But it doesn't just plummet. So there will be a lot of opportunities coming down the pipeline here, but we have to, uh, as investors, identify and recognize which ones are the good opportunities and the bad opportunities. Now, I will tell you, uh, it's been difficult to get owner financing the last couple of years. Well, now it might be much, much easier, right? Because a lot of these sellers know that Look, banks aren't going to fund a lot of these deals up to maybe, I don't know, 85% like they did. Maybe they're going to scale back uh, to 70 and uh, the seller is going to have to participate where before they didn't. And um, maybe sellers are uh, not necessarily, see, if you realized or if you really thought about it, if a property is cash flowing, uh, I get asked all the time, well, why do you have to sell it? Why wouldn't it be uh, just, why wouldn't I just keep it? I'd keep it forever. And I deal with a lot of investors that say they're going to keep their property forever. So let me ask you something. If you've got a 20 unit building and you paid 500 grand and all of a sudden it got up to a million, but everybody else around you is buying properties at 70% less or 60% less, the only reason why these properties went down is because a lot of these guys sold these properties, right? And a lot of investors, um, maybe they didn't get hurt, but they just gave the keys back, which is what I believe might happen. Because a lot of these loans are non-recourse loans. Everybody was pushing this non-recourse loan stuff. So ideally, you want to get a non-recourse loan as much as you can. But 
if you just give it back, what's the bank going to do with this thing? You know, they got to figure out a way to unload it. And then into the year, they don't want to have all this stuff on their books. They're looking for people with cash, uh, cash buyers. Sometimes they're there. Sometimes they're not. It just really depends. And that's kind of, it doesn't mean everybody's going to lose, uh, lose everything. I, I don't believe that necessarily. I do believe people are going to lose a lot. A lot of people, they didn't buy properly or maybe they, the management is poor or whatever the case is. Um, maybe if you have a retail space, uh, you lose a huge tenant because they closed down and um, it could be uh, detrimental to other tenants there. So you really have to be aware of what's happening. And I believe we're going to have a lot of opportunity coming, but you just got to be careful. So if you're already in a property, if you're already in a, a situation, you're not really sure what to do, you can definitely always email me, reach out to me, and I'll try to help you any way I can. Um, and it's uh, totally up to you. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter what situation you're in or what position you're in. I'll give you some ideas if I got some that'll help you. And uh, just keep your eyes open because I, I have a lot of, um, I still have a lot of sellers recently came out and they, they, they're looking to get rid of these properties. And um, some of the buyers are there. I had a few buyers. They lost some of their 401ks that was in the stock market. That kind of hurt them. They haven't fully recovered there. So uh, they're no longer buyers for certain deals. But you're going to see all kinds of opportunity get mixed up. And uh, a lot of it is going to be good. Some of it might be bad. But you just really want to be careful and analyze these deals. And I'm going to do my part to give you guys as much information as I can. And if there's something specifically that you want me to cover, because I kind of have my own, um, whenever I do a YouTube video or I post an article or whatever the case is, I have a bunch of things I want to talk about. But if there's something you want to hear or you want me to discuss specifically or you have a question, reach out, um, go to my website, go to timdiesel.com and you can sign up for a newsletter there. Uh, I definitely try to keep you guys updated as much as possible. And um, yeah, anything you're not sure about, let me know. Not a whole lot of commercial realtors out there um, providing as much information as I, as I would like. So happy to do it. And just be careful. Don't jump into anything right now. But it doesn't mean it's not the time to buy. It could be a lot of opportunities. You just got to figure out what you're doing. It doesn't mean everything's going to crash overnight. Remember, it's going to take some time. And I hope that was helpful. And thank you guys for listening.